Weather is so consequential, yet we are powerless to affect it short term. When it's good, it's a key ingredient in many bountiful harvest. Bad weather has obliterated many more. There are ways growers can better protect their crops from the excesses. We'll review them today. Welcome to Redox Grows, an in-depth look at key issues affecting agriculture and the people that make it all happen. I'm Jim Morris with Redox Bionutrients in Burley, Idaho, visiting today with Darren Moon. Darren, I appreciate your time. Thanks for allowing me to be here, Jim. Darren is owner, founder, and CEO of Redox. At the Idaho Ag Summit earlier this year, he was recognized for his technical innovation. It was a great day. And he's one of the most passionate people I've ever met. He is passionate about agriculture and is dedicated to helping ensure that farmers are sustainable, both environmentally and financially. That second part is also critical in the process. He also wants to make sure that consumers get abundant, affordable, healthy food. When that happens, we all win. That's what a prosperous society looks like. Farmers take risks every day. The Redox team wants to make sure that their process is as easy and successful as it can be. And one of the challenges is keeping trees and plants healthy and strong. So, Darren, you've worked at the farm level, and you've also been at the forefront of technology to help growers for decades now. How much of a priority should abiotic stress defense be? Yeah, so here at Redox, Jim, that's our focus. Um, we've learned so much in the past 25, 30 years about how plants grow and how environmental issues affect plants. And we've actually taken the stand here at Redox based on research, particularly over the past 10 to 15 years, that oxidative stress is actually the precursor to many other stresses in plants, including biotic stress. So plants have the natural ability to resist many stresses, Jim. It is when oxidative stress controls the plant and reduces its ability to grow in the environment that some of those other stressors then take place. And we have to spray on pesticides, etc., to control organisms that have gained a foothold in plants. So we at Redox feel if you can control abiotic stress or simply manage abiotic stress, then you will be able to manage many other stresses, including biotic stresses, much more effectively. Looking at this year, the weather for the first half was noticeably cooler and wetter for many regions of the U.S. I'm thinking of California as one prime example. It was quite a year for the growers there, and, and they're still seeing some of the repercussions of that cold, wet situation. But temperatures are now rising in many key farming areas as we've reached summer. So how important is it, Darren, for growers to either start with some of the precautions against excessive heat or continue those programs? This year, that's particularly important. We're playing catch-up from a cool spring. Plants will catch up, okay? So how are we properly feeding the plant? How are we cultivating, et cetera? And then number two, as it does get warmer, we have two effects of, of heat. Number one is UV radi radiation, okay? Excessive UV radiation can be damaging to a plant. And then number two, heat itself, as a plant respires, heat causes stress on that plant because can it respire fast enough to deal with excessive heat. So it's very important that growers understand and take precautionary steps to deal with both UV radiation and heat in how they fertilize and how they water their crops. Before we dig a little deeper into summertime and specific abiotic stress because of that situation with the excessive heat, abiotic stress can mean other things as well. I think of drought and other conditions. What are some things, Darren, that also qualify as abiotic stress? Mineral deficiency. 
that's an abiotic stress. Water stress, either I've overwatered the crop or I underwater the crop, that's an abiotic stress. UV radiation, it can actually be too bright. The sun can actually be too bright on a 100-degree day when there's no clouds in the sky at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. That's a stress, okay? Um, then the natural respiration of the plant. As photosynthesis occurs, it breaks down the water molecule. I have free oxygen. That's oxidative stress in the plant. That's a natural process, but when the plant can't deal with that free oxygen in the plant, then that's an oxidative stress as well. Let's talk more about specifics. How can redox help from a plant physiology perspective? By providing mineral nutrients that are highly efficient and get into the plant and deal with plant metabolism quicker, faster, that's one way that redox helps significantly is our molecules directly go into the plant at a much faster rate. Number two, the organic molecules attached help by dealing with abiotic stress, providing proteins, amino acids, etc., that reduce the oxidative component of oxidative stress and help a plant to metabolize better. We have a host of products, both conventional and organic. Can you highlight a few of these that can help in the areas we've been discussing? Yeah, particularly during the summer months, uh, DICAP and Banks are two products that deal with plant water relations and improving uh, plant metabolism through, there's, there's a good deal of potassium in those products, but there's also organic molecules in, in the form of amino acids and plant extracts that help again deal with this abiotic stress component that we're talking about. So when it gets really hot, the plant requires potassium to metabolize, to move water through the plant. That's number one. So I want to get water moving up and down in the plant. Number two, I want to do everything I can to reduce oxidative stress. And the organic molecules attached in DICAP are very important in reducing oxidative stress. Banks and DICAP are also great for whole split, which is occurring in California's Central Valley in the almond orchards. They're great PNK sources. The differences from a healthy, sustainable field or orchard and one that is not equipped to handle stress. Darren, is that pretty easily seen and felt when you have uh, those diverse situations? Yeah, so particularly when things aren't going well, which is every day in agriculture, okay, you have heat stress, you have water stress, you have all these things we've been talking about, and those plants that are able to adequately deal with this, you can tell a difference. It becomes very evident very quickly. One more thing I would add, Jim, that becomes very, very evident and every day is becoming more evident is this. As the environment changes, as we do, we're dealing with climate change, etc., and I'll let people argue about what causes climate change, but we can no longer argue that climate change is not happening, okay? As we have climate change and we have these weather extremes, it's going to become even more important that a plant is healthy and balanced, that the soil is taken care of so that as those environmental issues come along, that plant as best as possible can deal with those environmental issues. The beauty of redox technology is that abiotic stress defense, soil health, root growth, and nutrient efficiency are certainly hallmark features of our technology, but our products are also incredible nutrition sources, and we shouldn't lose sight of that. Not all crop nutrition is the same. We were working on a blog recently. Our lead agronomist, John Kelly, provided information highlighting potassium. Certain potassium inputs can be as high as 30 times more effective per unit. So, Darren, I'd like your perspective on this. Not all inputs are the same and the unique one-two punch that Redox provides. I have a very straightforward answer to this. We have advanced in so many arenas in agriculture. 
the equipment we use. Think of the advancements in tractor technology, in planter technology. Think of the advancements in irrigation technology, in monitoring irrigation technology. And yet, if you really think about the base ingredients of fertilizer, we're using the same fertilizer we did 50 years ago. That's was efficient as we could get 50 years ago. Today, to think that we have not advanced in that technology, which we have. So the fact that we can produce products, mineral nutrition products that are much more efficient because of the organic molecules that we attach to them, because of the way that we manufacture them. No, we have. And so the reality of a much more highly efficient fertilizer that is better for plant growth, plant stress, and for the environment, those are realities today. That's a fascinating point. We both know that growers are incredibly hardworking, intelligent, and innovative. But at times, I think they're reluctant to adopt technology that they perceive as being more expensive. What is your view on weighing the cost against healthy, productive plants and a better return at the end of the season? So I think the past 24 months of fertilizer in the world should be a reason to look at finding more efficient fertilizers and improving soil health so those fertilizers are more effective. The volatility of the fertilizer market in the last 24 months should point to I need to do better and understand better technology so that I am less at the mercy of world economic situations. We can't control wars in Europe. We can't control environmental issues in South America. There's so many things happening that affect the cost of fertilizer versus if we produce healthy soils and if we understand soil plant relationships and we can add to our fertilizers those organic molecules that make them more efficient, in the long run, cost per acre is not more. Cost per unit may be more because we're doing more to get that nutrient into the plant. But in the end, fertilizer programs will not be more expensive. They will be more efficient and better for the planet. There is no doubt that there's a myriad of regulations. The sustainability movement is not going to go away, just to name a few factors that growers face now and will certainly be facing into the future. How different will this industry look a generation from now, in your estimation, Darren? And how important is it for growers to work even harder and formulate the greenest possible plans moving forward? So a couple of things are evident. Number one, as I mentioned previously, I'll let people much smarter than me argue about what causes climate change. But what I have accepted, and now we focus on at Redox, is climate change is real, number one. Number two, people really are starting to pay attention to the world around them, and they want a cleaner, healthier planet, period. And agriculture can contribute significantly to doing that. So can we take technology can we take what we understand about how we grow a crop and find more efficient, better ways to fertilize, to water, to drive tractors over the soil, to deliver healthy commodities to the consumer? Absolutely we can, and Redox is going to be at the forefront of doing that. You're optimistic for the future? 100%. Wherever there's change, wherever there's difficulty, there's also opportunity. And Redox views climate change as an opportunity to educate and to improve the way that we're doing things now. And never, I will repeat this a hundred times, this does not mean that growers are not doing everything they can. Our job is to educate and help them do even more, even better, because every grower that I talk to wants to do that very thing. They want to do better. They want to do more to provide healthy food for the planet. Thank you so much for your time and comments, Darren. Thank you for the opportunity, Jim.
That will wrap up this episode. We appreciate your feedback. You can email us at podcast at redoxgrows.com. And remember, there's a wealth of information on our website, redoxgrows.com, including more on sustainability and product information. Thanks for listening. 